Father, I thank you for this opportunity to spend my time with my friends. And Father, I know they are your friends through Jesus our Lord. I pray, precious Holy Spirit, that you would move through our time together to stir our hearts, to draw us closer to you, to help us to experience the fullness of the kingdom. You are good, and all that you do is good. And so we say thank you this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm back around to beginning to read the Gospels again. I love reading the Gospels because there's so much about the life and the teachings of Jesus. Don't get me wrong, the rest of Scripture is magnificent, and I I read through the Bible every year, but right now I'm back in the Gospels, in the Gospel of Matthew. And I was reading this particular passage this morning, and I want to read it to you and then make some comments about it. It comes in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and he said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from east and west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would be done. And his servant was healed. At that moment, there's no doubt that this story is a lot about healing and the power that Jesus had to heal. But I think, at least today, the way this hit me is it is very much about the authority of Jesus, about his lordship, and how we need to have faith and trust in that lordship. I've mentioned Teilhard de Chardin in the past. He was a Christian philosopher of the 20th century. And he said once that everything and everyone is moving under the lordship of Jesus Christ. I think this is why in Philippians chapter 2, it talks about a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
And of course, in the book of Ephesians, it gives the picture of Jesus seated at the right hand of God. And then there's the book of Revelation, which certainly illustrates this in the most dramatic ways, the Lordship of Christ. I think it's important for us to recognize that Jesus is Lord, and that means that he commands every principality, every power, all the angels, all the demons, all the sickness, all of his followers, and that that is a characteristic of the kingdom of God. And one of the reasons that even in Luke 14, we are commanded to declare that Jesus Christ is is Lord. But one of the things that is so important for us to recognize in the Lordship of Christ is that his power and his authority, it is marked by love, by compassion, by self-sacrifice, by caring for the well-being of others, by empathy. And that's what makes the Lordship of Christ not only so unique, but so appealing for all of us to bow into. Isn't that so different than what we see in the world today? That the vast majority of people that have power, and it doesn't just mean the power over nations or the power over armies, but even localized power even limited power, there is such a tendency to be self-serving with that power, to lack compassion in the use of that power, to ultimately abuse that power. And almost every day here in the United States, we either read in the news or it's broadcast over the television that Another leader has abused their power for personal gain. This is why Lord Acton said over a hundred years ago that power tends to corrupt, that absolute power corrupts absolutely. Lord Acton was a British politician and a historian, and eventually he actually taught at Cambridge. But that, that single statement is what he is most known for. And it is carried on now for, what, 150 years that when someone is given power, it tends to corrupt the use of that power. And part of that is because we in our own lives are so broken. And that even when we intend to use the power we have for good is so easy to be tempted to use it for wrong. And so we look at this and we begin to see what is so different about Jesus. The first thing we see is that he has ultimate authority. Our our Lord Jesus is the Lord of the universe. He's just not the Lord of Christians. He's just not the Lord of people that allow him to be their Lord. He's the Lord of the entire universe. 
The Father has placed this authority in his hands. And we saw that authority leak out here in the Gospels as he heals the sick and as he commands darkness to leave and as he walks on water and turns water into wine. We see that authority over all things leak out. But then in the book of Revelation, we see Jesus in the fullness of his authority and the power of his presence is so overwhelming that it causes even the one that knew him and was loved by him to fall before him because he holds such great power. But the second thing that I think this story shows us is that he operates this great power with such care, with such compassion. He, he, he doesn't show off. But instead, he looks for that which aligns with the will of the kingdom of God. And he speaks to it. And I think there's a third thing. And that is the role of faith. That, that's certainly here because at the end of the story... Jesus says, let it be done as the way you believed it would be done. And so faith is very important. But, but this faith is, is really linked to our understanding of the authority of the Lord Christ and also the compassion and care by which he exercises that authority. And those two things are part of what we as God's children are to believe in and to have faith in. There's nobody in charge greater than Jesus. There's no one that sits above him. The Father has given him all authority and the glory is the one who holds the authority is one who is love who is filled with compassion and care and who I believe ultimately wants only what is best for us. And so at the end of this story and reading it, I come to the conclusion that yes, I need to believe that Christ is Lord, that he holds this authority, that he exercises, exercises this authority with great compassion and care. And I need to believe that in faith as I begin to set before him my own needs. But I think there's one other thing. Jesus deserves our worship and our praise and our adoration because of the kind of king he is. He is the Lord of light, the Lord of love. And he wants us to come under that kingdom. No desire to abuse, no desire to take advantage. His heart full of care for those that are under his authority. And so today, I think if we would consider this issue of the Lordship of Christ, 
the quality of that lordship. That we not only need to believe, but we should worship and adore that we have such a great and loving king over our lives. May you in this very day experience the power of his lordship, but also the welling up within your soul of worship and adoration for your Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs>